0: This is Flavor Report, where we are obsessed with what every curious foodie's next question is. What's this going to taste like? At FlavorReport.com, we share the flavor of life. That's food, drink, entertainment, travel, all of life's adventures. And today, we're talking about chocolate. Do you love chocolate? Let's be honest. Almost everyone loves chocolate if you can eat it. Would you love it even more if it was healthier, if it was environmentally friendly, if it was ethically made and sourced? If you answered yes, I think you're going to love today's conversation. My name is Joe Winger and today we're talking with Cam from Honeymoon Chocolates. The Honeymoon Chocolate story is romance, it's delicious, it's healthy, it's focused on a better, happier, healthier future. Without any further delay, let's jump right into this conversation with Cam from Honeymoon Chocolates. Honeymoon Chocolate is an amazing company that I tasted back in September. I want to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that So, Cam, thank you for joining us today. And uh, other than being crazy busy,
1: how's your week going? It's going well. Uh, yeah, we're uh, in this really fun position where we're curating a menu of uh a, a, a cacophony of different desserts sweetened uh with honey and also featuring our chocolate so um it's been fun testing it out seeing what St. Louis likes and also what's what's easiest and and most tasty to to make so, some of these dishes are very hard so we'll be able to always always make them but um yeah o- otherwise um we're you know actively trying to manufacture as much chocolate as possible um we're uh we sell uh, around the world in a variety of different stores such as Whole Foods, Arrowon, and, and Fresh Time.
0: Well, I, I definitely beyond what we're already going to talk about. I want to, I, I, as you're speaking, the two questions that I mean, I'll ask them now before I forget. Is you said what Missouri? You said Missouri. Yes, St. Louis, Missouri. You you just said what they like. So are you out there sampling on the streets,
1: or how do you get a sense of what they like when you say that phrase? You bet. Uh, so we we have a, a rotating menu for the next couple of weeks here um, at our our factory. We have a, a factory and retail space in Clayton, Missouri. So we're we're doing our, our best to offer these these desserts that um, not only feature what what we manufactured, you know, be a premium, handcrafted quality chocolate, uh, but that also fit the the palette of the the Midwestern foodie, which which is um, a fun challenge for sure help me
0: understand the palate or the mindset or the the flavor of the Midwest foodie. Yeah,
1: yeah, of course. Um, Who are they and what do they want to eat? They, they'll, they'll eat almost anything. Uh, St. Louis is a, is a a, a melting pot of, of cuisine. Um, We're we're well known for um, barbecue, but I, I don't believe that any of us here in St. Louis uh, would like to be categorized as that. We have so many different varieties of food here. Um, dark chocolate and, and bean to bar craft chocolate, so chocolate crafted, you know, meticulously from the fermented dried cocoa bean to the bar, isn't something that St. Louis has, has, uh, experienced or or, or knows very well. So we're, we're the first one here, the only one here, and we're doing our best to try and, uh, cross the gap of, um, this company called Bisingers, they're, they're well-known throughout the country with their St. Louis brand. They do a lot of um, sweeter products, you know, milk chocolate, um, some sweeter dark chocolate. We're trying mm-hmm. to cross the the, the the different realms of, you know, milk chocolate, white chocolate versus our handcrafted premium single origin dark chocolate. Um, it's just, it, it's a different, different world for, sure. for a lot of our customers. So there's a lot of education. And also a lot of kind of meeting in the middle um we just launched a a blueberry white chocolate we have a a strawberry milk chocolate along with our line of primarily dark chocolates
0: i'm I'm gonna craft this question carefully because i was recently at a restaurant on the east coast and the local air that that restaurant is very healthy not high-end pricey but like a dollar more but not crazy expensive but much more craft and artisanal and that was their huge challenge for them as a business was getting the local people who are kind of used to hot dogs and 2 dollar cheeseburgers to be into much healthier much better things and so do, are you finding the same problem and if so how are you getting around it G-
1: great food shouldn't be crazy expensive food that's good for you um so the, the the main problem that we have right now is as a small company our costs are super high Um, our bars range from 10 to $13 a bar. It's a 2.2 ounce bar. It's, it's a lot of money for a little product. Um, but what you'll find is, is it's, it's handcrafted. It's a product that, you know, the cocoa is coming from Belize. All we do whenever it comes to us is we'll, we'll roast it and we'll grind it. But you're, you're really tasting all the effort that, um, our cocoa farmers, uh, spend in harvesting, drying and fermenting the cocoa. Um, it's, it's a different product than, a $2 chocolate bar, a $3 chocolate bar. It's It can be split up into four different ways, melted into really nice drinking chocolate. Um, it's great on a charcuterie board. It's 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 just a wonderful way to kind of end, end your day. And um, it's a product that, you know, I hope we're able to tap into the lower end of the market in terms of price point of $6 to $8. Um, just so we can get the kind of continue to, to cross that boundary of those who can afford really nice chocolate and um, those who can't because it, it should be affordable. Um, and that's, that's what we're trying hopefully to do in the future right now. We're not necessarily there yet.
0: Got it. I, I love the journey you're on. and I'm, I'm so glad that you're so aware of your, your short-term future and we're going to go beyond that. And just being aware that price is an issue for so many. I, I personally, I would have no problem paying more for it, but I I recognize and understand that some people out there don't have that ability. Honeymoon Chocolates, which is your company, is a love story, a health story, a delicious flavor story, and an environmental story. So if all those angles and more are true, obviously there's something for everyone. So is that correct? Am I missing any angles or is what else can we add to that or,
1: or any pieces of those that are less true, more true? Uh, That's a wonderful question and and apologies. I had to to plug in my my laptop. We were dying here, Um, but yeah, it's definitely a love story. My uh, girlfriend at the time, now my wife, um, we we met at Illinois Western university and um, started this crazy business of sweetening chocolate with honey or sweetening. Yeah. Sweetening chocolate with with local honey. And um, it's a it's it's a bittersweet journey because you know we instantly found out all of the trials and tribulations of owning our own business but also of the the cocoa supply chain and um it's a lot like the the diamond industry where there's a lot of slave labor and a lot of issues with um those who really do all the hard work and effort. So um that that's a lot of the reason why we're still doing this. Uh there's a lot of eff- effect that we can have as we scale. Um it's yeah, a, a love story. It's 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 sweet. It's uh it's romantic. That's uh one of the main reasons why we named it honeymoon. Chocolate always has its place in romantic gatherings and events. And yeah, we we, we do our best to 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 kind of attract those who, who want to, to gift our product. A lot of our customers do gift our chocolate, but um, yeah, I, I, it, it's, it's environmental as well. It's all compostable packaging. Um, we have a, you know, a goal of uh, using only clean energy in the future. Um, but it's, it's also, again, it's continues to be bittersweet because mm. uh, chocolate is a very power hungry industry. It takes a lot of effort and energy to manufacture, chocolate. It takes a lot of effort and energy just to get the cocoa here. Um, so, um, there, there's a lot of effort in our industry to be transparent on the energy that is, uh, being used in the emissions. Um, and our, our goal is to be a bit more transparent on that as well. Um, but we do our best. Um, I never want a honeymoon chocolate wrapper to be out on the streets blowing in the wind without the ability to biodegrade or compost so all of our packaging is home compostable um, in, in an effort to just do 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 a little bit more, go a little bit above and beyond.
0: That's beautiful, Matt. I, I really like that. Um, on your website you have a phrase that I love, and I want to learn more about it, chocolate epiphany. What does yeah. chocolate epiphany mean to you and then as for me or a consumer or someone out there just buying your your so if I want to have a chocolate epiphany, maybe I may have had a chocolate epiphany, what does this mean?
1: So uh, up, up where up in Bloomington, Illinois, where Haley and I met, uh, there's a restaurant called Epiphany Farms. Um, it's, you know, farm to table. Really, again, it's 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 expensive, but it's expensive because you're getting the, the highest quality meal that you could get. And as college students, we really couldn't afford it except for, you know, once a year. And. Every meal I had there, I had this, it seemed like this epiphany with food where um, everything tasted better than any meal I'd had in the last four weeks. It was just, it was just incredible. And we hope that, you know, our chocolate can do that for our customers. It's, it's this experience where, you know, only a single bite can tide you over or a little bit goes a long way because the, not only the, the flavor is so incredible, but it lasts for, you know, five or 10 minutes, the flavor in your mouth it lingers. And, um, yeah, know, that, that's That's a lot of where the term epiphany, the chocolate epiphany comes from, especially being sweetened with honey. It doesn't have to be sweetened with cane sugar. Mm -hmm. Um, Honey is as local as it gets, and it's as unrefined as it gets with a sweetener. Um, Completely untouched, raw, unfiltered honey. Um, A lot of our competitors use coconut sugar or... Monk fruit or stevia, and those are all processed ingredients, one way or, or another. Even even cane sugar is processed. So um yeah, we're we're doing our best to to create this this experience through through chocolate and communicate with with our customers, um, and hopefully it becomes an epiphany in the process.
0: I love that, and uh I look forward to my next epiphany. Maybe this afternoon. I I don't know. I, I think hearing what you just said to me, it's almost I feel like I'm going to be chasing for my next epiphany because I I need to get another good meal in me. But yeah, uh, I like that idea. Um, So when it comes to the health and the save the earth or the planet, the environmental aspects in the wrong hands, I could see it becoming a very preachy message. And so I'm curious how you choose the direction of your branding, your messaging to, because it feels so friendly and welcoming and encouraging and not heavy handed. Yeah. And so I'm I, curious how much thought you put into that and how you go ahead and share it in such a receptive, welcoming way.
1: So, so um, capitalism and really just how business operate here in, in the U S there, there's a, there's a standard of, you know, cutting costs as much as possible. I, I got my MBA. I know, what what needs to be done to have you know a, a profitable business? Um, but the, the the bottom line for us and and hopefully for any other business that you know wants to be green, eco friendly in the future, it just it's the way it, it's it should be done. Um, there, there, there shouldn't be plastics, there shouldn't be cheap ingredients. Um, and again, we 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 get to you know what what can consumers afford when when those prices start going up. But um the, the question should should start at how should business businesses operate? And that's our goal. It's not that we're trying to push e- eco-friendly businesses on it, this eco-friendly business on any, anyone else. It's our, our vision and our, our mission is to hopefully have this be a, a standard for if we were to ever create another business outside of honeymoon, but for someone else that you know, might get inspired. It, it it should just be the way it's done, um in my in my opinion. I love that. Um do you think how can I phrase this? In the business
0: groups you're in, locally, regionally, nationally, do you see more and more people heading in that direction, or has it become overwhelmingly in that direction, or is it frustrating that they're not there yet? Which, where, where do you see either your area or the the country
1: at, or maybe you don't see as many people? I don't know. I'm I'm just curious. the The, the craft chocolate industry is very geared towards not only helping the farmers that we support, but also being green. So it's, it's in our industry, at least it's nationwide. It's really exciting. Other industry is not, not so much. Okay. Um, so yeah, try, trying to kind of take a deep breath and understand that we can not affect anyone else. Uh, no, would we want to, it, it, we'd want someone else to make their own decision, but um, yeah, just being a, a standard of what, we would want someone else to do is, is, is wonderful. And it shouldn't even be what we want. It should be what, what is better for for the earth and all of us.
0: I didn't realize you had an MBA. I'm curious, just from an entrepreneurial point of view, this is going to sound half like a really silly question, but I mean it sincerely because most people I meet don't have the traditional education behind it. They just have, let's say, vision and passion. So if you were gonna do it all over again, would you
1: still get your MBA and it, so this business wouldn't exist without my MBA oh. um and so I, I would go back and do it again and I you know I'm sitting on you know a, a large amount of debt from school uh but it's still worth it and the main reason was the the networking that I did and the professors and mentors that I met have all led to this point um our first round of investment was through you Venture Network um, wow. here in St. Louis. Um, we had a, a second round that was also uh, was a debt round, and it was through the the same same network here in, in St. Louis. So um, I, I would do it again, okay. um, and a, a lot of it is because I mean the the core honeymoon. We're trying to change the the chocolate industry by having a honey sweetened product, and I always wanted to take a look at you know what 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 is at the core of what capitalism is and, and how, how this business operates, um, how can we have a, a change in, in outlook, um, for, for the better and what, what, what a better way to do it than to go into the heart of a, you know, high, high ranking, uh, business school and see what all these business professionals are learning. Um, and that was, that, that was the, the way that I kind of dove, dove into my, my degree is, um, a bit of a different view than all of my other classmates is how, how can I do this, but in a, in a different light.
0: I love that. Gosh. Um, so I, I feel like so much press covers your origin story about the, the two college students making chocolate in their dorm kitchen. Is there any part of that story that doesn't get a lot of attention that you'd like to bring up any details to it only because it is such a beautiful open, mm-hmm. but um because it's been over and over again shared, is there a part of that that
1: doesn't get enough attention? I, I would just say, and it's it's really exciting to share this, and, and I hope that others who want to start a business, you know, when, when you start off, it's not going to be great. It's not going to taste good. It's not Your product's not going to be incredible, but you just have to keep making it and create. Um, in business school, we call the, the MVP, the Minimum Viable Product. Um, how, how can you... Create something and, and keep pushing and be excited about it. And so, yeah, all of our chocolate tasted terrible, and, and some of our bars still aren't, you know, ten out of ten. Uh, mm-hmm. But we're we're showing up every day, and that's one of the things I remind myself is just just show up every day, and um, good good things will happen. So, um, yeah, for, from the beginning, uh, our product has been unique; it's been different, but it hasn't always been great. Mm. Um, it probably doesn't, doesn't have to be great in the beginning. That's interesting.
0: Uh, Very recently, over the fall, I was talking to a a world-class distiller. He does gin and vodka and uh, probably eight bottles together. And that's something he brought up is if he were to make 100 flavors, which he does, out of those 100, 20 of them are okay. Like, they're not horrible. And then 10 of the 20 are pretty darn good. And like three to five make it to market. And I don't know, are those numbers as far as, because I don't know how many different chocolate flavors you do, but is it the same kind of funnel for you as far as a whole lot of less than good, and then they get better and better and better. And then you pick the, the best
1: few flavors. Is that same idea? Sa- same idea. So we have a, a couple different boxes of bars and origins, uh, be it uh, Guatemala or a random Peruvian origins that we tested all the way up to 100% cocoa, all the way down to 60%. Um, and sweetening with honey gives us this, this odd, um, this really fun sweet spot where you can make it to 85% and it'll taste completely different at 70%. And there is a sweet spot. There's a perfect percentage where it tastes, there's a perfect kind of symphony of, of sweetness and the cocoa, um, it all kind of plays at once. So yeah. Um, yeah, I would say we definitely have a wide range of, of flavors and, and only only one typically wins. So, so for example, our 77% Uganda bar uh, is a Good Food Award finalist. And um, at 77%, it's, it's exactly where we want it to be. But um, we had it at 90. We had it all the way down to 60. We tried making a milk chocolate with it. Um, we thought about putting raspberries on the back of it. Um, yeah, um, there, there's there, there's a great way to hone in on it. It's, it's a lot of trials and errors and also a lot of, a lot of taste, taste testing. The
0: tasting, the taste testing part makes me smile because I can imagine it's both a lot of fun, but from a work point of view, maybe it gets old fast because it's a lot of chocolate to eat, but invite us over sometime for that part.
1: Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, (laughs) and everyone always asks, do you get tired of of chocolate? And my answer is yes and no. Um, yes, because I, I now have um I I've always had acid reflux, but chocolate doesn't always help that, especially dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. So that, that's whenever I get super tired of it. But no, because it's just it, it's a wide range of flavor that it's always new. We once made a bar from uh Guatemala that tasted like uh sriracha. It was and there was nothing else added, it just cocoa and honey. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, um it's it it can it can be a a, a lot of fun.
0: That's beautiful.
1: In a very basic simplified point
0: of view, what does bean bar craft chocolate mean? Just so that we understand it better and we can say, is it as, is it as simple as a one sentence answer or is it far more
1: complicated? It's, it's far more complicated. Um, it's, it's in itself um, a little bit uh, selfish in, in my, my opinion. The only reason I say that is there's a lot of benefit from employing those who work at origin to also manufacture the chocolate. Um, And that's something that we'd be interested in down the road. We just can't afford it. So right now we take all the effort, all the energy and time to do it here in St. Louis. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a really fun process, but you do, you do end up taking a lot of the credit where the credit isn't necessarily due. Um, A lot of the credit's due for the fine cocoa farmers um, at origin
0: what is the definition then of bean to bar? Like what help me understand what it actually, actually means.
1: It's- so in our industry, it's wherever you receive the the dry, unfermented cocoa beans and you roast them up to, uh, well, you don't even have to roast them. There's some companies that do raw, raw cocoa, but mm-hmm. wh- what you're doing is, is, is crafting this, this flavor. Um, and this, this product, you're manufacturing a product that, Um, otherwise wouldn't wouldn't necessarily exist so um, in our industry being the bar literally um, down to its sense um, some uh, journalists and editors just if you have an ability to roast um, and you start there um, you're being the bar and it uh, just just gives a little bit more uh, local sense to to chocolate whenever um, you open up a bar and you don't know where it's manufactured how it's manufactured um, you lose a bit of that Uh, local sense it becomes more of a global or nationwide deal got it
0: so so the beans come from somewhere else they arrive under your roof and that everything happens under that roof so beans come in bar comes out but it all happens in the same roof
1: yes yeah Amazing. Um, and it's it's traceable Um, yes that's also also very important for, for, for for our products
0: could you imagine down the road having a reality show that kind of promotes the work you do and all the trial and error and all the flavors and could, cause it sounds like it's a, it's a heck of an adventure and it sounds like every bar has quite a bit of a story behind it. Would that be yeah? A, yeah.
1: I, we, I, if not for us, I could see it for any other chocolate maker that exists. Uh San Francisco is a very big hub hub for chocolate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I could see any of those makers. Um, Having some some really good content, but um, yeah, it's it's um, it's an it's an exciting and, and bittersweet industry that that we work in. So we, we try and uplift all of our everyone in the supply chain um, along the way. Um, so when I'm at a Whole Foods
0: or or any high end retail grocery, so many craft chocolate bars to an average consumer might look very similar. Mm-hmm. How do we break down the differences between Bar X, bar Y, bar Z. Is it an ingredient list? Is it what? How, if, if I'm looking
1: at nine bars, mm-hmm. how do I know the difference? I, I love the idea of when a consumer looks at a list of nine bars, they instantly go, "Is it dark milk, or, dark milk or white?" If it's dark, what percentage do I like? And then from there, you go into this this dialogue with the the consumer when they try your product, but it really does start with what, what the consumer likes. Um, you can't necessarily force an 85% bar down uh, a consumer or onto a consumer that enjoys, you know, white chocolate. But um, yeah, you, you look at the ingredients, uh, lecithins. Um, uh, there are some good makers that use use lecithin just because it makes the product easier to work with, but um, it does make it less of a clean label product. Um, so yeah, you, you look at the clean label uh, for the nutrition, you you um, are are going to look and see if it's single origin to check to see where the cocoa comes from, just because it it does highlight the farmers' work a little bit more. Um, there are some big makers that combine origins because they have you know more of a fruity fruity flavor versus uh, more chocolate flavor chocolate forward cocoa bean. Um, so they they combine them, but I, I do find that it kind of does take away from um, the efforts that that do happen, um, you know, earlier on in the supply chain.
0: I'm assuming the trade show world is something that either you like doing or it's a necessary evil. But what kind of lessons have you learned to optimize your success at these trade shows?
1: I've only ever been to um, one non-chocolate, larger, organic specialty food expo. So that was Expo East where, where I met you. Wow. And it was, it was quite interesting. Uh, normally, I've been to a lot of chocolate conferences and, and expos. And everyone for the most part is somewhat educated on what craft chocolate is and, and what they should be looking for. Um but at, at that festival, you know, you, you or at Expo East, you, you get a, a wide variety of, of buyers, of uh, you get a lot of people um wanting to do business with you, but not necessarily give give you revenue. They they, they want your your money too. So it was a wide mix of customers. Um and a lot of the customers, especially on, on the East coast, it was exciting to see those who um, surprised me and said, Hey, yeah, you know, I, I know of Raka chocolate are they're, they're on the East coast um, and, and a variety of, of customers that maybe didn't fully understand why our price point was, was so high. The the main goal of why we went to that show was to try and find more buyers, um, find individuals who were able to, to help distribute, help sell um, our product to those who, who might be more of a fan. Got it. And, um, did you find some opportunities while you were there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we met with a, a distributor who works with um, Whole Foods in the UK. So um, nothing has has completely come of that contact yet, but um, some some fun conversations and um, excited to see if we can get our product, you know, in, in the UK at some point. But, you know, otherwise, just a lot of small boutique shops and a couple large larger stores there um,
0: in, in Philly both on your website and during this conversation, several times you've mentioned the phrase trial and error. And I, I really do love the entrepreneurial spirit. And I love, to me, when I hear trial and error, it means people are always experimenting and always trying to optimize. And that's something that I really, really like. Can you walk me through, if there's both available, an early situation of trial and error where you learned quite a bit, and even something more recently, trial and error, and what you learned from those two different experiences?
1: of course so to be completely honest we, we just opened up this this retail shop that I I' mentioned um in in Clayton Missouri it's a business district and we we opened up during covid um assuming that you know all these businesses w- would reopen so one of our biggest uh trial and error learnings is you know opening up our first retail experience outside of our manufacturing location um and it hasn't I mean, th- these businesses haven't, haven't come back. So, um, you, you take, 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 a you take a bet, you, you roll the dice, you, you know, you do all the math and you, you see if it works out and, um, you know, we're, we're excited to see what, what the next step is. And if, if this, you know, dessert bar can, um, be something exciting for this, this clientele, but, um, something that we did, you know, starting out, we bought our first tempering machine from Italy, um, it was, uh, a small unit. We, we called it Nona, uh, really, really, really cute little tiny machine. Um, because of the way that it, um, heats the product, it's a centralized, um, heating unit. It's just honey sweetened chocolate cannot, cannot be used with, with that machine. They turned all that chocolate into dough. Um, and we had to sell Nona sadly, but, um, Uh, A great way of learning, uh, a very expensive way of learning. was a $15,000 piece of machinery. Our most expensive piece of machinery at the time was $500. Uh, So uh, very excited. You can even see the post on our Instagram early on. Um, But yeah, we ended up having to sell Nona, sadly.
0: Because it's chocolate, because we're talking about flavors, uh, I'm sure you've paired your chocolates with different foods, different drinks, just different flavors in general. What's your personal favorite chocolate pairing?
1: My personal favorite chocolate pairing is it's a, a company out of Vietnam uh, mm. called Maru. Um, they sell chocolate all over the U.S. Um, at fine chocolate retailers and also on Amazon. Um, it's a it's a cocoa bean from the origin Ben, ben Tre. Um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that properly, but it tastes just like Pad Thai. Um, and it's 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 sour, it's sweet, it's savory. Uh, it almost hits all the boxes of what you might expect in a really incredible meal. Um, so yeah, um, Pad Thai with um, a, a coconut milk, Ben Tre uh, Maru chocolate bar. Best best pairing ever.
0: Wow, uh, that sounds amazing, actually. I'll try it. I'm going to make an exaggerated statement, and I want you to correct me. And the statement is, mass-produced chocolate is so bad for you, it's almost poisonous, because it includes blank, and ours is different.
1: So, produce chocolate on its own without any context isn't poisonous. But whenever you start adding in other ingredients outside of cocoa, it it, it can be sugar um, in small amounts, um, but a- anything outside of the the norm. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it does tend to become less clean label and, and more of a a, a a poison as you put it. I mean, is, am I exaggerating the word poison or is it really that bad for us? My, my wife who has a, a food chemistry background and, and a, a medical degree would, would say, you know, sugar in mass amounts, specifically at, you know, X, X level um, would be considered a poison, but um, I don't feel qualified to to say that, but uh, kind of, yeah. Staying just
0: for a second on a slightly negative feel, Mm -hmm. why is refined sugar so bad for us? And as we talk about that, are there any really common foods that most people probably eat that have too much refined sugar in it that we should watch out for?
1: So the the first question I'll answer really simply is our our brains love it. Um wow. yeah, our, our brains love it and especially at an early age it can have a lot of negative impacts on on gut health and um the impacts of having poor gut health are, are wide ranging. Um inflammation is one of the root causes of a, a lot of problems, but um again I, I feel very un- underqualified um with 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 you know just an MBA on, under my belt, but I would say soda um and then a lot of the, the mass produced chocolates, just, just check the, the ingredient label. If the first ingredient is sugar, um, that's definitely not, not good for you. And I'm assuming that's a majority of them? Uh, especially at the, the larger big box stores, uh, yes. And again, yeah. you have to check out the ingredient label. Um, that's, that's a telltale sign.
0: Fair enough. Well, that, that might be the one, one of the big themes of the entire conversation is check out that label. Over your website several times, it talks about the secret of raw honey, and it's sweeter, it's less calories. So, can you tell us more about raw honey and help us fall in love with it?
1: Yeah, raw honey. It's it's been used for thousands of years um, as as a natural sweetener. It's one of the the most or the the, the least processed sweeteners that you you can uh, find, and definitely the most local. Um, so, whenever you're looking at global versus local and the impact it has on your health, but also on the environment. Um, local just has uh, a smaller emission footprint. Um, but yeah, uh, trace vitamins, minerals, enzymes that um, other sugars, such as cane sugar, uh, don't have. It also has a different makeup, so it has a a, a bit of a lower glycemic index. Um, a lot of our diabetic customers and fans say they don't really notice a difference in raw honey versus sugar, but... Um, it is a little bit lower on the glycemic index and there are um, less calories per, per serving for, for honey. Um, and, and pollinators as, as a whole, um, some can make a, a case that, you know, honeybees, especially um, Apis mellifera, the, the honeybee that that we, we know and love isn't really indigenous to, to the U S um, it's been brought in, but pollinators as a whole, um, they do so much, incredible they, they have they have an incredible um footprint um they're even small pollinators cocoa midges um that make cocoa possible uh, blueberries almonds uh, a lot of fruit uh, most of the nuts that, that we consume um makes up a very large portion uh, of our economy
0: so for the average consumer and this might be too deep into a different direction a little bit out of the direction of chocolate but what can the average consumer do to help with the decreasing supply of cocoa and the de- decline of honeybees worldwide? Is, it, is there something that the average person can do to help these situations or is it more on a different level?
1: So for, for cocoa, you can purchase companies that are more transparent about who they're buying from and who is receiving the money and, and at what, what cost. So
0: mm-hmm. we
1: purchased cocoa, um, from origins such as haiti peru colombia belize and these specific central fermentaries support small family farmers 90 percent of cocoa grown throughout um throughout the world is from two hectares or less small small family farms Mm -hmm. Um, and these small family farms they take their cocoa to a central fermentary most of the time and uh when they do that they get paid what's called uh, the the farm gate price um it's it's what what the farmers receive in return for their cocoa Mm -hmm. Um, and that, that is very important that, that number lets, you know, um, a, how, how impoverished, um, of, a, of a country or, or how impoverished your, your cocoa farmer is due to the buying power that either the central fermentary or these larger companies have, um, or B how supportive your, your, your maker is of, of these farmers. So, um, Fair trade is great. It's a certification that uh, ensures that, that farmers are, are paid a fair wage, but it's not always the, the truth. So you need to know the, the farm gate price. Um, and that's, that's really hard to, hard to find. You have to reach out to makers if it's not published. Um, and, and a lot of the time they will share that, especially in the bean to bar world where you have more control over the supply chain. Um, in terms of honeybees, this is more of a an issue with... Um, Controlling and, and understanding colony collapse disorder and and the the impacts that that honeybees have on, on our economy it's it's massive the the number escapes me how how big of an impact that honeybees have I'm fairly certain it's in the billions but um, the best we can do from a consumer standpoint is support those who are having good practices towards honeybees. Um, but really, a lot of the, the change in that industry has to come from uh, above, from the larger companies who um, could be having negative effects um, through, uh, there's a lot of press on ne- neonicotinoids, so um, uh, a pesticide that's used um, and it, it negatively affects honeybees. Um, also an issue with uh, varroa mites, they mites that cause colony collapse disorder just completely ravage the, the hive. So, um, yeah, the, there, there could be a a lot more work from the consumer standpoint in uh, trying to innovate, trying to find more solutions. So, um, there are some mycologists who have some, some fascinating work on, um, trying to, uh, make these honeybees just a little bit more, more, more strong. Um, and, uh, trying to, to find a way to uh, ma- make these varroa mites a little less in, in, in impervious. I just,
0: I hope I'm not uh, pushing you too
1: hard in any directions here. No, 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 no. I, and I hope that s- some of that's helpful. Uh, oh, a lot of it's helpful. I mean, to me, they, the beautiful thing so
0: often is people want to be knowledgeable and aware. And I just don't think from a, what can I do today point of view, people have any idea what they can be doing. And just like for me, and sometimes I don't realize uh, what a simple life I live sometimes when I don't check the ingredient list enough. And so the fact that you brought it up like three times really tells me, wow, I should be checking my ingredient list more. And so many things that you're bringing up, I think as a consumer, just being aware of what I should be aware of is such a great first, as simple as it sounds is how many of us You know, I I love the quote, you know, live lives of death of of, just live a numb life. And so you you as a person and your brand is really a great reminder of how much more conscious we can be and making choices that are more conscious toward the life we want to live in the world we want to live in. And the coolest part for me about that is it's wrapped in delicious chocolate. Mm -hmm. And so it's a great message, but it's also delicious. So we both commented about how we just met a few months ago. And what I'm super impressed by is how quickly I feel like your company is moving. So tell us a little bit about your most recent developments and then how do you and your company move so fast?
1: How do you get things done so quickly? It's, it's funny. that you, you think that we're, you feel that we're moving faster. My, my perspective, it feels like we're moving very, very slowly. So um, I, I hinted at that the the market size or um i guess i guess the so our, our chocolate is fairly expensive let, let me rewind it's it's 10 to 10 to 13 dollars a bar and that good food should not be expensive so one thing that we've been trying to do for the last year and this is where i feel like we're moving very slowly is to try and reach that consumer we've been trying to develop a smaller chocolate bar something around the six dollar price point um that is more accessible. So that, that's a development that we're working on. Um, and we're we're trying to tow this fine line between um, supporting our cocoa farmers, but putting honey at the forefront because that's our differentiator. Um, so we don't know if we're, it's gonna be a white chocolate or if it's going to be a milk chocolate or if it's gonna be this crazy uh, fun color, uh, like a matcha bright green or ube purple, um, or if it's going to be a dark chocolate. Uh, best sellers are dark raspberry bar. So we're trying to, uh, internally, um, guess and check with uh, what's going to work, and and what's cool about it is we, we won't know until we we sell it. So um, that that's something that we're working on internally in terms of our chocolate and what people throughout the country can can expect um, as we roll out to our retailers like Whole Foods or, or Snack Magic. Even they're they're most interested in in our smaller bar, um, but from a, a local standpoint, um, having this this dessert bar. Uh, a further furthering our our, conver- our dialogue with the St. Louis. So how do we, how do, how do all the products that contain chocolate in St. Louis have our chocolate? Um, we're trying to to make that possible, starting at our factory, starting in our retail experience. So um, drinking chocolate mix, chocolate syrups, um, even a honey syrup, something su- super simple, um, locally sourced honey, um, that all the coffee shops can, can use. Uh, we're doing our best to try and uh, create a footprint for um, just knowing where your products come from, and um, trying to do it a little bit more environmentally friendly. So um, we use only glass, res- reusable glass, uh, for all of our, our drink products, and then compostable packaging for all of our our food products. So that's yeah, um, in general, that's that, that's an update on on what we're doing. Um, but from a team level, um, we do have a team of five. We're now a team of two, so it's, it's a mighty team. Jonathan and myself, Haley's part-time. Um, we're, we're, we're moving forward as, as quickly as we can with, with what seems to be um, a skeleton crew. So as we're wrapping up, final two questions. Um, chocolate bars,
0: all of your products, where can we find you? Where can we buy all your delicious stuff?
1: You bet. Um, we'll start on the, the West Coast. Uh, we're in a select amount of stores in L.A., Studio City. So Jimbo's, Erewhon, you can find us um, in stores uh, around that area. Um, then uh, kind of moving uh, up into the Pacific Northwest, uh, a couple shops called The, the Meadow, uh, wonderful stores that support craft chocolate makers. You can buy from them online. Um, moving, you know, closer to the Midwest, uh, bar and cocoa, they support all the makers there in, in Colorado, you can buy online primarily. And then in the Midwest, we're in close to 25 different whole foods locations, starting in Kansas city, all the way over to, um, Columbus, Ohio, as far North as St. Paul, Minneapolis, and then, um, down to, to Louisville. So, um that's generally where we hope to grow is more more Midwest stores. Uh, And then on the the East coast, small honey shops and and small mom and pop shops, uh, no, no large stores right now, but um, otherwise you just find us on our website.
0: Okay. The website and the website has everything. And because you're, I feel you're moving so quickly as you create other flavors, are they available on the website first? Or if I, uh, if I go there today, Mm-hmm. I go there next week or April, May, et cetera. Is that the best place to find the newest?
1: It's the best place to find the newest and the most unique flavors we can't Ooh. sell. So for Whole Foods, for example, we're, we have our top four units, top four SKUs, top four products. So um, right now we have 10 products for sale at our shop. And most of those you can't find at Whole Foods. You can only find them on our website or in, in our shop.
0: Okay.
1: And then lastly, I, I personally
0: have found this both your energy and the entire conversation, just your message really inspiring. And so whether it's the article or the podcast or the video, anyone else who's listening, watching, what would you ask our audience to do with honeymoon chocolates? How can we help you? How can we support you best? Please.
1: Yeah. Um, so, so how, how can you guys support honeymoon? I would say, give us a follow on Instagram. Um, Take a look at the the label next time you're shopping for for chocolate or really any any food product um, it just it it better informs you as to what you're consuming and it has a much better outcome in terms of what food you're you're consuming and and what 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 nourishes you uh, and then from just a a general perspective um a lot of a lot of what this uh this new generation that is uh graduating high school going to college my my little brother is is in that generation and they have a lot of concern with the environment. So um it doesn't take a large group, it just takes you know one person. So that's that's what I'd recommend.
0: I love it, man. Well I, I know you're busy so I appreciate your time. And I really mean it when I say not only is the chocolate delicious, but the messaging the brand, the the everything behind you is just it seems so incredibly I'm not sure wholesome is the right word because it sounds almost innocent but Well-meaning. Well-meaning might be the right word. And so I appreciate you and your business, and thank you for your time. And that wraps up our conversation. Huge thank you to Cam. Huge thank you to Honeymoon Chocolates. I enjoyed tasting them. I enjoyed learning more about their story. Cam's a really, really smart guy. Uh, His heart's in the right place, and he's creating a great brand. It's delicious. If you have a chance, please buy it. Please learn more about them. You can find the Honeymoon Chocolates brand online at hmchocolates.com, Chocolates, plural, so add the S at the end, hmchocolates.com. Once again, big thank you to Cam, big thank you to Honeymoon Chocolates.